This is Your Money with Nancy Snedden of BDO, Licensed Insolvency Trustees. The views and opinions expressed on this show are not necessarily those of this station. Your Money with Nancy Snedden of BDO on VOCM. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Your Money with Nancy Snedden. I am Nancy Snedden. Thanks so much for tuning in today. On today's show, it's March, and of course, that means Fraud Prevention Month here in Canada. And this year's theme, Tricks of the Trade, What's in the Fraudster's Toolbox? The focus of the campaign, of course, is to expose fraudster's tricks and tools and tactics and help Canadians equip their own toolbox to protect themselves. So joining me now with advice on how you can do just that is Jeff Horncastle. He's the Acting Client and Communications Outreach Officer with the Canadian Anti-Fraud Centre, and Constable James Cadigan, Media Relations and Public Communication with the Royal Newfoundland Constabulary. Thank you both for joining me today. Thanks for having us. So this year marks the 19th edition of Fraud Prevention Month, and if you're wondering about the significance of raising awareness and offering advice on fraud prevention, just listen to the latest stats regarding fraud here in Canada, and brace yourself, because some of these numbers are quite high. So last year in 2022, fraud losses in Canada reached another historic level. Reports of fraud went to 91,119. Canadian victims of fraud, 57,055, and lost to fraud, $531 million. That's nearly a 40% increase from the unprecedented $380 million in 2021. And of those, if those numbers shock you, listen to these. As of January 31st of this year, and you know that's just one month, there were 6,610 reports of fraud, 3,923 Canadian victims of fraud, and already lost to fraud, $43.6 million. So as shocking as these numbers are, it's likely that they are much higher because, of course, we know, according to the Canadian Anti-Fraud Centre estimates, only 5 to 10% of people actually report fraud. So, Jeff, let's talk a little bit about these statistics and, and just how concerning they are. They're, uh, they're really concerning. Um, so, I mean, we, we saw an increase um, from 2020 to 2021, so looking back to 2020, um, there was an overall reported loss of 165 million, and like you mentioned, that went up to 380 million, and then again jumped up to 530 in 2022. Um, so very concerning, and that's why we uh, at the Canadian Anti Fraud Center we're trying to focus on education and and prevention um, as much as we possibly can. Yeah, it's so important. And and Constable Cadigan, you know, when you hear statistics like that, uh, how does it make you feel? And what things do you think that we could be doing uh, to improve things for Canadians here? Yeah, I think it's certainly important to have these types of discussions to uh, educate, you know, our community and, and ensure that they're aware that this is now uh, essentially a, a criminal industry of, uh, of fraud and, and scams. So we're not just talking about, you know, taking money and and uh, using someone's bank card and different types of fraud that, that occurs in our community. We're talking about scams that are uh, essentially formulated to scheme and, and trick people into providing information that uh, allows the uh, the assailant to, uh, you know, essentially take money or, or gain from uh, from that scheme. 
And, you know, there's more and more, it seems like more and more of this stuff coming up all the time. We're hearing about different types of scams and different types of, of fraud that's going on out there. And the statistics certainly show that Canadians are more vulnerable to fraud right now. And, and several recent surveys support this. So one of those recent surveys, which is released by TD Canada back in the end of February, shows that six in 10 Canadians feel more targeted now than ever by financial fraud, but may not be ready to protect themselves. So according to the survey, close to half at four. 46% haven't taken any measures to educate themselves on fraud prevention or protection in the past year. 8 in 10 at 78% don't have a high degree of confidence in their ability to identify these scams. And half at 51% feel vulnerable to being targeted for fraud. So, Jeff, what's your response to these surveys? Like, where are so many people admitting to feel at risk? Or I guess, why are so many people admitting to feeling at risk and being vulnerable to scams, but not really doing things to help or educate themselves? We, from what we're seeing, we, we think that um, a lot of people think that it will never happen to them. Um, you know, March is Fraud Prevention Month. It's the best time to take a bit of time, go read up on different scams that are out there, um, you know, current alerts that we're, we're putting out. Um, and even more importantly, if you feel that you're protected, you should be, you know, trying to educate your loved ones and family members on, on current scams or, or even, you know, common tools that fraudsters are using because we, we document like over 30 types of scams. So it's hard to remember what every one of those are. But if you focus on, you know, for example, like some of the tools like spoofing or, uh, you know, threats or pop-ups or, or you know, there's, there's a big list listed on our website, try to educate your, your loved ones and family members. Yeah, it is so important because knowledge is power, right? I say that about so many different topics, and it's no different when it comes to this stuff, right? You need to know what's out there and the things that you can do to protect yourself and your loved ones, right? Especially those more vulnerable. The TD poll shows that nearly half at 47% of those surveyed believe the combination of hardship and a higher cost of living will expose them more to financial fraud and scams. So, Constable Cadigan, are you seeing more of this in these current economic circumstances? I mean, we did see an uptick in different types of fraud as the pandemic came on, right? People were using the pandemic as a way uh, to fraud and, and scam people. Are you seeing different things come up now because of the current economic environment, right? Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, just going back to a point there you made uh, about a stat that roughly 80% of people are unable to de determine whether they are being scammed when a phone call or, or an email comes in. And I think that goes to a tip that we often provide to individuals to prevent being scammed in saying that if you receive a phone call or email, I mean, it's, it's better to end that phone call or not respond to the email and just call the you know, supposed source of that uh, contact directly to ensure that it is valid and, and, and so on instead of carrying on and, and giving information to the caller at that time. So I, I think that uh, what you have as well is, is a trusting community, you know, across Canada certainly and, and more specifically here in Newfoundland and Labrador, we have good-natured and trusting uh, society for the most part and, and uh, so you have people who want to help and want to provide information to assist those that are being, uh, you know, essentially contacted.
contacting them. Yeah, absolutely. And we talked about this. So I did a show on tax preparation a couple of weeks ago and I was talking with CRA about this specifically, you know, that there is a lot of people texting and calling individuals saying that they're Revenue Canada, right? And it's so important that people understand CRA would never contact you that way. So again, it comes back to this sort of knowledge and education. And to your point, hang up, don't respond to any text, contact Revenue Canada directly yourself based on the number that they have on their website to get any information and confirm uh, whether or not they've been trying to, to reach you that way. So Jeff, I'd like to focus a little bit now on what the most reported types of fraud are and, and what they're costing Canadians. So what do listeners need to know about that? Yeah, so when we're, um, we could look at it at two ways. Um, we could look at it based on dollar loss, so investment scams, um, overall loss is $308.6 million, largely due to crypto investment scams. Um, so whether, you know, victims are coming across fraudulent advertisements on, on social media or they're they're going online and searching for, for investments where fraudsters will use search engine optimization, which refers to, you know, if you go onto Google and, and search for crypto investments, chances are the first five or 10 results that come up are going to be fraudulent companies. So you have to make sure that you're you're doing your, your research, your due diligence, looking into everything before making a decision. Um, of course, there's compromised accounts on social media where you, you think you're getting contacted by, by a friend. Um, so different different methods that these scammers are using. Um, romance scams, 59 million was lost. So we, we see those now closely tied to investment scams as well, where the victim develops a relationship or the suspect develops a relationship with the victim and down the line convinces them to, to go into an investment scam. Um, now, when we're looking at number of reports, of course, phishing was at the top of the list with over 10,000 reports received in 2022. Extortion, um, fraudsters will extort over the phone with the uh, the SIN scam, claiming that your, the victim's social insurance number has been suspended, and if they don't dial one, they can be arrested type thing. Um, extortion email is going out as well, and uh, sextortion falls under that category as well for uh, more specifically the younger population. So, um, a lot of scams to, to mention, but those are the, the top ones that we're seeing at the Canadian Anti-Fraud Centre for, for 2022. Yeah, it's so shocking, right, the, the, just the sheer number of reports, like you mentioned, the 10,000 uh, reports coming in. But Constable Kevin, can you speak a little bit about the types that you're seeing here specifically in Newfoundland, Newfoundland and Labrador that are being reported, things that people should be keeping an eye out for? Yeah, so I, I mean, we, we've seen it all and uh, everything mentioned there for sure. Uh, over the summer this past year in, in 2022, um, you know, we, we saw a lot of investment scams uh, and the losses were, uh, you know, racked up to uh, the area of $1 million at, at, in one span of time, a very short period of time, actually, only just a few weeks. So it's important to consider that if, if you know, you're receiving a phone call or email soliciting your uh, or providing an opportunity for you to invest and, and you know claiming you know large opportunities of, of making money uh, you know it's, it's important to consider that sometimes 
it is too good to be true, you know, and, and you need to be realistic and say, you know what, if, if somebody's contacting me with this opportunity, why am why me, you know what I mean? Is, is that a bit odd? Um, you know, so it's important to consider that too good to be true side of side of things. And uh, more recently, uh, we certainly saw uh, the grandparent scam make its way into the community here in, in Newfoundland and Labrador. And, uh, you know, it's evident to uh, us at the constabulary that, uh, you know, this is very much an organized crime uh, network. And, uh, you know, these criminal networks are making an industry of this uh, of this particular scam. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, that's something that has been in the news um, for months now, right? The grandparent scams that are making headlines right across the country and, to your point, right here in Newfoundland and Labrador. So we're going to talk more about that and what people need to know when we come back. Please stay with us. Weekdays on VOCM. It's Open Line with your host, Patty Daly. Join the conversation each morning from 9 a.m. to noon on your VOCM. We get people talking. Welcome back. You're listening to Your Money here on VOCM. I'm your host, Nancy Snedden, Licensed Insolvency Trustee with BDO Canada right here in Newfoundland and Labrador. It's March, and of course, that means Fraud Prevention Month here in Canada. And joining me with advice on how you can protect yourself from becoming a victim of fraud is Jeff Horncastle. He's an Acting Client and Communications Outreach Officer with the Canadian and Fraud Centre and Constable James Cadigan, Media Relations and Public Communication with the Royal Newfoundland Constabulary. So before the break, we talked about some of the statistics around fraud and, and you know just how alarming some of these numbers are. And Constable Cadigan, you started to talk about the grandparent scam. So that's what I'd like to focus a little bit about now. There has been a significant increase in emergency grandparent scams targeting some of our most vulnerable, our seniors. So last year, more than $9.2 million was reported lost to emergency grandparent scams, according to the CAFC. A drastic increase from the $2.4 million reported just a year earlier. So we're an aging population here in Newfoundland and Labrador, and we have listeners out there with aging parents, grandparents, and, and even neighbors. So, Constable Kenning, what's your advice? How do we warn and educate our seniors about these scams, and, and what should they be looking out for? Yeah, so I mean, for one, if you receive a, a call claiming to be a family member or, you know, certainly a, a public uh, official or judicial service of some sort uh, demanding cash in a short period of time, uh, you know, that is suspicious. That's that's a scam. And, uh, you know, for one, a police agency will never demand cash. Judicial services have a process to follow and so on, which is before the courts. So uh, we know that, you know, anytime you're being demanded to provide cash, you know, certainly in a short period of time, as in these cases, that was how it was portrayed. You know, that is that is a scam, and and you should hang up the phone and, and deem that suspicious. Report it to uh, Canadian Anti Fraud Center, and uh, you know, you can also share that information with your local police service. Yeah, I mean, you never, you would never, you know, as a police organization, to your point, like even, you know, the sheriff's office, no one's going to call you and demand cash like that in a short period of time. So it's important, you know, if you do have a vulnerable population in your family or in your circle of friends, that you talk to them about this, right, and make sure that they're aware that they should not be engaging in in those um, forms of communication. So, Jeff, how do we encourage our seniors to report any of these suspicious calls that they may receive? Because, again, according to statistics, only about 10% of these crimes are actually being reported. 
So we just have to keep, uh, you know, pushing our messaging that it is important, um, first of all, if you have been a victim, to, to contact your local police. But the Canadian Anti-Fraud Centre ex- um, accepts reports on fraud attempts as well. You can report by calling one 495 8501 or you can report on our website, antifraudcentre.ca, and use our online uh, fraud reporting system. It is so, so important, and there's nothing to fear, right, by by reporting. You're actually helping others because maybe there's a new scam out there that you uh, are, are going to make, you know, your organization, Jeff, aware of, right, that you can then educate the public on to prevent others from, from falling victim. Exactly. There, there's no shame in reporting. Um, this is what, what we do. Um, and like you mentioned, uh, what you're reporting could be either a missing piece to a puzzle uh, because we are the central repository for mass marketing fraud for for Canada Um, you know information can be easily linked together across the country and um, we get alerts out there so uh, you know there could be a new twist to a scam uh, that we have to alert the public on so you know the more information we have uh, the better the better it is for everybody and of course with technology things are changing all the time right there's no doubt that over the past decade technology has transformed the criminal landscape and, and has made fraud easier to commit I think more widespread and more sophisticated than ever before. So, Constable Cadigan, what can you tell us about this? What have you witnessed with regards to technology and how it's allowed fraud to, to sort of become um, more frequent? Yeah, I mean, that's a great point. Uh, with access to information on, you know, uh, certainly social media platforms, you know, these uh, criminal networks are able to obtain information that's just out there uh, for them to gather. And uh, when they uh, utilize these, and as you said, sophisticated systems, and uh, they're scripted, they're prepared, they have their research done. So they're coming into these scam uh, attempts with information they feel that will vest them with the opportunity to, you know, obtain money in a short period of time. They're going to try to intimidate and put pressure, and it's important to understand that, uh, you know, if, if in fact you have uh, received these calls and, and provided them with information, it, you know, not to be embarrassed as you know they are very convincing and they have these tools at their disposal that are uh, very sophisticated and convincing so uh, you know we we do want this information as as does the canadian anti-fraud center and uh, you know it's important to consider that you know this information allows us to you know gather intel and information that leads us in the right direction to putting a stop to these types of activities yeah, I mean, the more information you have, the better chance that you will be able to do that, right? And, you know, Jeff, this is a bit of a loaded question, right? And I'm not even sure that, you're, that you'll have, uh, have an answer, but here goes. Why are fraudsters so successful in deceiving people and conning them out of their money? I think that, uh, you know, I'll just make a quick comment to that. We talked a bit about it already in the show, uh, but it's the good nature and trusting way of, of certainly Canadians and, and specifically Newfoundland and Labradorians. Uh, you know, certainly our senior citizens are the most good natured. I mean, they just want to help their family. They want to help in any way they can. So immediately with the opportunity to assist a family member, which is how these grandparent scams are framed, you know, it's, it's almost instinctive to provide assistance in, in any way at all. So uh, when it's money, it's that's the solution. Uh, they're prepared to move forward. But uh, that's why we have to engage these educational discussions and, and share information as quickly and, and as broadly as we can that these scams are uh, operating in our communities. Yeah, so I'm just going to, and that's a great point. Um, 
I'm just going to add that they're, you know, depending on, it kind of varies with, with each scam that we're looking at. So when we're looking at investment scams, loan scams, uh, even merchandise scams, uh, financial hardship could come into play where the victim may be looking, you know, with investment scams, trying to make money quick because, uh, you know, they're, they're going through a, a rough period uh, or they're, you know, sending, sending out their personal information because they need a loan because uh, their credit might not be the greatest. So they're looking at a bad credit and they fall into a loan scam that way. Um, emotional manipulation with the romance scams. So, you know, uh, the victim could be uh, lonely in some cases and looking for companionship. So there's different different factors that come into play with, with different scams. When we're looking at phishing, um, you know, a person could be, for example, half asleep or have something going on. They're really busy and the, the email looks legitimate. They click quickly click quickly on the link and provide the personal information. So there's a, a bunch of different factors that, that come into play there as well. Yeah, and they are sophisticated, right? We don't want to lose lose sight of that. And I think, right. you know, maybe if we just run through some of the basic techniques that they use to be successful so that people can keep an eye out for these and, and keep mind of it as, as they're uh, going through their, you know, whether it's printed materials, phone calls, electronic materials, or email. So some of the things that they use include professional-looking marketing materials, providing believable answers to your tough questions when you are engaging with them, impersonating government agencies, legitimate businesses, websites, charities, and, and other causes, pretending to be your ordinary supplier, hiding details in fine print, preying on areas of vulnerability, including those needing help from loans or finding employment, asking for fees in advance to promise services, threatening legal action to collect on alleged contracts, falsifying claiming affiliation with reliable sources such as legitimate news sites to support their products and services, and exchanging and sharing victim lists with other fraudsters. So it's, you know, it's not bad enough that these people are using this information to scam people, but it's a community, right, that they try to help each other out. Exactly. And, uh, you know, sharing, I'm going to touch on uh, sharing a list. Very common. Um, so, the, you know, the victim has possibly fallen a, been a victim to, um, let's say, an investment scam. Down the road, they're, they're contacted saying um, that they can recover, to get their money back, recover their funds. So um, this is what we refer to as a recovery pitch. And the victim is advised that they have to pay a certain fee to be able to get their, their funds back. Um, that, that's just one example. But uh, just important to keep in mind that, you know, uh, if you have provided personal information through a previous scam, that that information that they've collected can be used against you again in, in a future scam. Yeah, so more important, uh, you know, than ever to, to make sure you're reporting this stuff, right, so you can get the help uh, to prevent that. So with frauds and scams becoming more sophisticated than ever, as we said, and the fact that they're being run by professional criminals, how can you protect yourself from falling victim? So we're going to talk about that when we come back. Please stay with us. Got plans for midnight? Bring your VOCM along with the best soundtrack for every night, anywhere. The VOCM All Night Show, midnight on your VOCM.
Welcome back. You're listening to Your Money here on VOCM. I'm your host, Nancy Sneddon, Licensed Insolvency Trustee with BDO Canada right here in Newfoundland and Labrador. So my guest today is Jeff Horncastle. He's an Acting Client and Communications Outreach Officer with the Canadian Anti-Fraud Centre and Constable James Cadigan, Media Relations and Public Communication with the Royal Newfoundland Constabulary. So we've been talking about Fraud Prevention Month, which is marked, of course, every March here in Canada. And the theme for this 19th campaign is Tricks of the Trade, What's in the Fraudsters? toolbox. So let's talk a little bit about that now and more importantly what our listeners have in their own toolbox and how they can protect themselves from becoming a victim of fraud. So Jeff I'll start with you on that. Yeah sure so there's uh, there's a list of tools um, among the most uh, common ones are, are spoofing uh, so call color ID spoofing, email address spoofing um, this is the, the fraudster's ability to make any phone number show up on your call display. So it's important to never base the legitimacy of a phone call on the number you're seeing on your call display. And I think this was touched on earlier. Um, if you're getting a phone call claiming to be a government agency or uh, a family member or a friend, we always advise end the phone call and uh, look up the legitimate phone number on the website or in your contact list and make the outgoing call yourself. Um, of course, threats are always a common tactic that the fraudsters use. Know that if you're getting threatened over the phone or by email, that it's more than likely a scam. Um, search engine optimization, we touched on that. This goes for anything. So if, uh, for example, you're having problems with your printer and you have, a, let's say, a Canon printer and you're looking up um, a customer service phone number for this company, on Google, chances are the first five to ten phone numbers or results that come up will be fraudulent. It's important to go through them and make sure you're going to the official website to find that official phone number. Because if you do call that number, you can fall into a tech support scam. Um, uh, emotional manipulation, we see it with the, the emergency grandparent scam, romance scams. Um, I mean, there, there's a bunch. To, uh, the, the whole list is listed on our website at antifraudcenter.ca. It's important to, to know what these, these tools are and what you have in your toolbox to protect yourself from uh, these fraudsters' tools. So on that note, um, Constable Cadding, I'll go to you on that. Like, What tools do the average person have in their toolbox to protect themselves? I mean, it's, it's like we discussed, I think that, you know, understanding that you can contact the source directly is the safest thing to do. And, and you know, I know it's uh, difficult to hear that you can't trust the person that's calling you on your cell phone or your home phone. But, you know, I think the best uh, path to take based on what we've seen as of late is is to uh, hang up the phone and uh, make that call to the uh, the number you see on, on the website for a particular legitimate uh, organization. Um, and I think that's the key, right? Making sure it is the legitimate organization. Yeah, hundred percent. And 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 I know we talked. You just mentioned urgency and and that impersonation is is these tools in, in the you know perpetrators toolbox. And I think that that's something we have to remain tuned into as a community to know that those are tactics being used and to uh, uh, you know identify that when you're being faced with it uh, you know on your on your phone or email. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, we know that identity theft is another real concern for many Canadians. And according to a survey by Equifax Canada released about a week ago, more Canadians than ever at 97%, I mean, that's that's virtually everybody in Canada, feel vulnerable to fraudsters and identity theft. So the good news about this poll, though, is the vast 
vast majority at 94% have taken at least one step in the past year to better protect their personal data. A significant increase from the 87% reported the same survey just a year ago. So certainly positive news and a step in the right direction and the measures being taken are something that we could all implement to better protect ourselves. So uh, Jeff, what sort of measures should people be taking to protect their personal data? Yeah, great question. Um, so we always advise to, to you know, um, first of all, keep an eye on your, your financial uh, statements, credit card statements, uh, bank statements, go through it, uh, go through them regularly and uh, check in with the credit bureaus, Equifax and TransUnion. You're entitled to one free credit report per year. So we always advise to, to go through, make it a habit of going through, you know, at least once one time per year and uh, if you have to take a highlighter and go through and you know confirm that all the accounts that show up on the report are actually yours and um, it j- just make sure that uh, you know uh, avoid clicking on links uh, for if you're getting an email or anything because their main goal with, with phishing for in the most case for the most part is to steal your personal information and um, commit identity fraud against you yeah, it is real. I mean, we hear stories about identity theft uh, all the time, and I've had clients of mine, right, that have um, had to file insolvency because their identity has been stolen and people have taken out credit in their names and, and ran it up and, and so on. So, Constable Cadding, from your perspective, what should people be doing to protect themselves and their personal data? I think to start, I'd bring up social media as, uh, you know, we, we see people sharing everything on, on these platforms, certainly Facebook for our older populations and, uh, you know, Instagram, uh, TikTok and uh, Snapchat for the younger populations. And and the amount of information sharing here is so vast and, and open that uh, it often gets lost just how much information you've provided to uh, other users. I know that when you look at Facebook and, and these other types of apps where you have to friend somebody or or follow and you know a lot of times you're getting friend or follow requests from you know fake accounts from scam accounts and they're just trying to gather information about you or your family to uh, use that information to their advantage yes you should be limiting your acceptance right and to people that you are sure they're that you know who they are and there's all kinds of privacy settings and stuff that you can put on your social media accounts. So you want to make sure that you have all those things set, right, to really limit um, the access to that information. Would you agree? Oh, certainly. And, uh, you know, you have all these different tools that are available now, uh, you know, such as two, two-factor authentication and, and uh, you know, not allowing anybody to, you know, guess a password by making it very difficult and, and very uh, strong. So uh, consider that passwords, uh, you really got to give attention to creating a very challenging password for all of your, uh, you know, sign-ins for whether it's banking information and even your social media. No, absolutely. It's so, so important. So roughly half the survey respondents indicate that they've taken additional steps to protect their personal information, which is really good news. So more than half at 55% are shredding documents. Nearly half at 48% are sharing less on social media, which is great. The same are using a two-step password authentication, as Constable Cadigan mentioned, and updating their passwords. Interestingly to me, four in 10 are limiting their use of public Wi-Fi. Uh, Jeff, can you tell us a little bit about that? Why is that so important? 
Uh, just to protect, you know, protect your personal information. It's important for, for everyone just to take the steps uh, necessary to to protect your, your personal information. Everything is, is digital now and could be potentially available, um, you know, uh, through, like you mentioned, public Wi-Fi. You don't know who who's on there. Um, it's not not secure. So just limit limit what you share. Um, you know, like um, like was mentioned, don't be careful what you share on social media um, or, or anywhere for that that matter. So it's just important to, to take all these steps that you possibly can. Yeah, and it is, and I know a lot of people out there, like in in the the data world, right, and and phones and and tablets, they do connect to Wi-Fi to, to save themselves some money, right? So they're not you know using their data, but it is important to make sure that it is a secure Wi-Fi system and that you're not just opening yourselves up to uh, to anything that could be out there. And to your point, people being able to extract data in that way. Well, when your money returns, we're going to discuss how you can report a fraud or scam and why you, in fact, should. Please stay with us. Take a break. Join us weekdays from 1230 to 1 p.m. as we discuss anything and everything that's happening now. It's all on the table during your VOCM lunch break. Welcome back. You're listening to Your Money. I'm your host, Nancy Sneddon, Licensed Insolvency Trustee with BDO Canada right here in Newfoundland and Labrador. My guest today is Jeff Horncastle. He's the Acting Client and Communications Outreach Officer with the Canadian Anti-Fraud Center and Constable James Cadigan, Media Relations and Public Communication with the Royal Newfoundland Constabulary. So it's Fraud Prevention Month here in Canada, and um, Jeff and Constable Cadigan in the last segment, you both shared some really great advice on how listeners can protect themselves from becoming a victim of fraud. And I want to talk now about the importance of reporting, because as alarming as the fraud statistics that we've been sharing are, we've also said that the reality is the actual numbers are so much higher. So as you mentioned off the top of the show, the Canadian Anti-Fraud Centre estimates that only 5 to 10% of people actually report the fraud. So, Jeff, why do you think people are just so reluctant to report these frauds? Uh, for a few different reasons. Um, number one, uh, you know, a lot of people are ashamed to, to discuss. They don't want to discuss what happened to them. Uh, they're, they're embarrassed. Uh, there, there's no shame in reporting. Um, number two, uh, they, you know, there's this thought that, yeah, you know what, the Canadian Anti-Fraud Centre doesn't investigate, so there's no point in reporting. Um, although we're, you know, not an investigative unit, we do share the information with law enforcement uh, agencies across the world. Um, for the most part, this is organized crime, so it's important to to have this central repository to make this information available for um, law enforcement agencies, you know, not only in Canada, but um, in other countries as well. So uh, we, what we really try to focus on is, is pushing our messaging on encouraging to report, even if it's a fraud attempt, uh, you never know uh, the information you could be sharing could, could help, um, could be the missing piece to a puzzle. Yeah, and it is so important, and you're right, there is no shame. So if the stats are right, right, 5 to 10% of frauds are being reported, Constable Kettigan, how do we change that mindset? How do we get more people to report these frauds? Yeah, I think I think these discussions are important. Certainly, allowing you know our community to understand what we've learned. Uh, you know, certainly talking about the sophistication of these these networks and these criminal groups, and the fact that they are uh, you know pretty much a machine operating to obtain money as quickly and ruthlessly 
as you as possible essentially uh, they have no concern about the well-being of our community they simply are concerned about profit and fast profit so knowing this information uh, you know it's important to understand how valuable a report can be certainly a loss uh, it's important to report that information uh, you know immediately as soon as practicable so that we can look to try and track and trace uh, you know the source and you know potential other evidence that might be available to uh, to investigate and certainly uh, in a case where an attempt occurs or or any information at all to go to the Canadian Anti-Fraud Center so that that information can be shared across the country. No, it is so important. It is a central source, right, that, that can then be shared across the country. So it's so important. So, Jeff, if someone feels that they're a victim of fraud, how do they go about reporting it and what's the process when it's reported? So first of all, if they have been a victim, it's important that they, they go to, the, to their local police um, and report because they, they would have the ability to, to possibly investigate. Um, to report to the Canadian Anti-Fraud Centre, uh, you can do it two ways. You can call a toll-free number at one 495 8501 or you can file a report online on our website, antifraudcentre.ca, <clears throat> through our uh, fraud reporting system. That's great. And Constable Canigan, can you take our listeners through the process a little bit, particularly the information that investigators will be looking for? Yeah, certainly. So uh, at the RNC, you can report online through our website at rnc.gov.nl.ca or contact any of our detachments across the province by phone. Or you can come into uh, you know the detachment, certainly here in, here in St. John's, and, and file a report. Uh, you know, so the information we're going to be looking for is times, dates, uh, you know, any information that may have been discussed uh, in, the, in any correspondence, um, you know, and certainly if you feel there is some kind of uh, location that was of interest to the, uh, I know that speaking to the grandparents game, there was always a pickup location discussed or some kind of way of obtaining the cash. And, and this is unique because most often when you're dealing with these scans through email and, and other sources they're they're not on the ground you know they're this uh, the money is moving through wires or or transfers of sorts so we're talking last uh, just a couple of weeks ago where we've got uh, you know a perpetrator on the ground uh, you know looking to pick up cash so uh, you know th- that type of information is very very important to be shared when reporting uh, you know these types of uh, activities no it, it absolutely is and you know I, I want to encourage anyone out out there who feels that they may have or know that they have um, been contacted by any sort of fraudster, especially um, with the latest scams that's out there with regards to the police and the RNC, to report it to the Canadian Anti-Fraud Centre and to our local uh, Royal Newfoundland uh, Constabulary. So we have some time now for some final thoughts. So I'll start with you, Jeff. If you could provide our listeners with a final thought today, what would it be? Yeah, no, I think it's so important um, to, to try to to educate each other. Um, you know, the Canadian Anti-Fraud Centre does countless presentations across the country. We can try to get the messaging out through media, but it's, it's nearly impossible to, to reach everyone. So we're asking, especially during Fraud Prevention Month, to, to try to share some sort of fraud prevention messaging uh, with your family members or your loved ones because, uh, you know, it's such a, a big problem that education and prevention is the number one way to, to combat mass marketing fraud. 
Um, there's a lot of information, but if you go through the basics, um, you know, what tools fraudsters are, are using, um, and these are constantly changing, but these, you know, we list the main ones on our website and on, on social media. Um, and of course, what tools you have to protect yourself from those the common tools, specifically technology that the fraudsters are using, it can go a long way. Um, you know, if you get a strange phone call, if you tell two people and those two people tell two people, that can multiply very quickly. Um, and of course, you know, stress, I want to stress the importance of reporting. Um, you know, the, the information we gather is, is similar to what local police would. Um, suspect information, phone numbers, email addresses, websites. Uh, we, we do work with private uh, companies to, to disrupt these types of things, website, email addresses, stuff like that. So it is very important to, to report. Um, and, you know, if you're having difficulty getting through our phone line, you could report online at antifraudcenter.ca. That's great. Thank you so much, Jeff, for joining me today. Thanks for having me. And Constable Cadigan, I'll give you the, the final word for the show today. If you can leave our listeners with a final thought, what would it be? Yeah, so I think I'm going to hit on the education point. And, uh, you know, we're sharing a lot of information today that's that's available through the Canadian Anti-Fraud website. And also through the discussion we're having today, you can listen and, and learn a fair bit about uh, these uh, operations. So uh, with regards to the grandparent scam, which we've seen recently, you know, speak to your, your seniors and, and, you know, inform them of, of this particular operation and ensure that they have the tools that we've provided here today to uh, prevent being scammed. Furthermore, you know, you look at the uh, social media platforms and applications such as Snapchat and, and so on, where we see our youth and uh, young people sharing information, you know, speak to your kids, ensure that if they're going to be using these applications, that they understand that there are people uh, that are going to be looking to befriend them and obtain information from them to take advantage of them uh, and to make sure that they know who they're conversing with and communicating with on these applications. Um, and finally, you know, I, I think that when you look at the totality of, of the impact of scams and, and fraud, you know, it's important to understand that uh, you, we talked about being ashamed of being a victim. I think that uh, the sophistication and the professionalism that these criminal networks are using now, it's important to share information as wide as we can and understand that if, if you were a victim or, or contacted by these uh, scam artists, essentially, you know, share that information to prevent any further incidents from occurring. Because as we can tell, you know, they're getting smarter and, and more capable of, of these uh, you know, schemes. And uh, the more we talk about it and the more we share information, the better we can uh, combat uh, these operations. No, I, I couldn't agree more, uh, Constable Cadigan. And just a final thing from you, if people wanted to reach out, what's the best way for them to do that, like if they wanted to report this to the RNC? Yes, so I think uh, you can report online, certainly through rnc.gov.nl.ca. You can contact us here in St. John's. The number is 729-8000. And across the province, uh, we have detachments in Cornerbrook and Labrador West. You can reach out to and, and attend to uh, to file a report. And even just to speak to somebody who is, uh, you know, investigating these activities on a daily basis. You know, we have an economic crime unit here at the RNC 
that is professional and, and trained to uh, you know investigate financial crimes and uh, if you wish to discuss you know a contact you had or or an experience you had that you feel you may have been victim or or potentially you shared information and you're concerned about that uh, you know you can speak to our professionals here at the RNC on that matter. Well, thanks again for joining me today and, and for both of you sharing your expertise and advice with our listeners. Great advice, not only for Fraud Awareness Month, but something that they need to be thinking about all, all year long. So I also want to thank you, our listeners, for tuning in. I do want to hear from you. If you have a comment or question or even a topic that you'd like me to discuss here on Your Money, you can email us at yourmoney@video.ca or give me a call at 800-563-8337. Until next week, I'm Nancy Sneddon. Stay safe and be well, everyone. If you have a question or comment, send an email to yourmoney@bdo.ca. This has been Your Money with Nancy Snedden of BDO, Licensed Insolvency Trustees, on your VOCM.